All right, let's turn to Hebrews chapter number 11. We're going to attempt to do this. We're going to see what happens. Now, faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. By faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an art to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in these few moments that we have left, Lord. We just pray that you might open up our hearts and our minds to your word. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege of being your messenger this morning. And I ask for your help, Lord. Give me clarity of mind. Help me, Heavenly Father, with the things that we're going to say. May you be glorified in everything that we've done. And Lord, we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, normally, when we go to the book of Hebrews and we talk about faith, we go through all the, the entire chapter, but we're not going to go through the entire chapter. I want us to, I want us to just, just focus on verse number 7 that says, By faith, Noah... And so we're going to talk about the man called Noah. Not a whole lot is mentioned in the scriptures about Noah. Okay? There's only a few things in the, in the, in the book of Genesis about Noah. Uh, there's a couple of passages of scripture in Matthew and a couple in Luke. And here in Hebrews and Peter says a few things about Noah. So the question is, is who was Noah? Who was Noah? And why is he mentioned in the annals of faith? And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. Now I've got a little, I've got some things over here and you'll see what they're up for in just a few moments. But uh, I want us to, to, to understand who Noah was. And so uh, turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. And we're going to go to chapter number five. That's where he's first mentioned. I'm going, to, I'm going to take my jacket off because it's going to get hot up here. I hope you don't mind. Pastor does it every once in a while. Chapter number 5. I'm going to start in verse number 27. Um, because at the beginning of chapter number 5, we see a whole lineage of people. And they lasted a long time. They lived a long time. 
and it's not all of them. It's just, it's just a, a select group. And in verse number 7, we pick it up, and it says, uh, well, we'll back up. In all the, in all the day, to verse number 27, it says, In all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. Can you imagine living 969 years? I mean, I, I had a hard time dealing with getting to 69. And I really had a hard time going over that. But I cannot imagine somebody living 969 years. Now, when you read in the book of Genesis, you read that the people up to this time all lived an average lifespan of 900 years. Okay? All of them did. Uh, with the exception of Enoch. Now, Enoch only lived to be 365 years old, but he didn't die. Okay? The Bible says that because of his righteousness and because he walked with God... And he had a testimony that he pleased God. God took him. I liked what one preacher said. Enoch walked with God day in and day out. And one day as they were walking, God said to Enoch, Well, Enoch, you're closer to my home than you are to your home. Why don't you just come on home to my home? And he took him. He's the only one, though. All the rest of them lived an average of 900 years, Methuselah being the oldest one. Okay, so Methuselah. And Lamech lived 182 years, and he begat a son, and he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Laman lived after he begat Noah five hundred and ninety and five years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were seven hundred and seventy and seven years, and he died. And Noah was five hundred years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So we come and we find that Noah, Noah had quite a, quite a heritage. His grandfather uh, was uh, the oldest man living. His father lived a long time. And at 500 years of age, Noah had his three sons. I can't even imagine that. We do have to realize that during this period of time that the aging process isn't like it is today. Now, when we think of a 500-year-old person, you know, he's... But that isn't the case back in that time. 500 years was nothing. Especially if you live 900 years, they were only middle-aged at that time. Okay. And so at 500 years, he has his sons, three sons. But there's something unique about Noah. Okay, let's go on to chapter number three. Starting in, um, uh, I'm sorry, chapter number six, starting in the third chapter, because we're not going to cover everything here, but it's going to say, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. For he that also is flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. So something happened. If we, if we read the story, we read the event that took place. And when I say the story, it's an event. It's a historical event. It happened. It's there in the Bible. And God recorded it for us. When God created this universe, we can go and we can read what happened. There was nothing. And then God said, let there be light, and then there was light. And God made the heavens, and he made the earth, and he made the sun, and he made the moon, 
and he made the stars. And by the way, he named all of them and he calls them by name. He made them. He made the universe that we look at at nighttime and we see out in nighttime. God made that. It didn't just happen. Some people say, well, there was a big bang and it happened. No, there wasn't a big bang and it happened. It just happened. God made it. And he put it into motion. And by the way, he's the one that keeps it going in motion. And then we see how he cultivated the earth. How he brought dry land. And how he brought the seas. And how he brought the fish. And how he created the birds that fly in the air. And how he created the beast. And, uh, that, and, the, and he even created the creepy things. Now, how many of you like the creepy things? Well, there's a few of you. you know, there's always a few weird people that like the creepy things. Okay, uh, He created all those things. He created them for his glory. And his creation glorifies him. But that's not all. We read that God created man. His greatest creation. Now, the scientists try to say that we evolved, that we're just like the animals. As a matter of fact, they say, well, we're only just a few uh, molecules difference from an, from an ape. And I said, no, we're not. We're a unique creation. The Bible tells us that God made man out of the dust of the ground and that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. He's different. A creation that could love. A creation that had intelligence. Now, animals have intelligence. How many of you have dogs? A few of you. How many, have, how many of you are cat lovers? Okay, some of you. Okay. We, we decided that we were going to cover the whole gamut. We have a dog. We have a bird. And we have a tortoise. I haven't agreed to a cat yet because we've had cats in, the, in previous years and I was not impressed with them. But, uh, and, and we've noticed with those that they do have intelligence. They're not, they're not just dumb animals. They do have intelligence. For instance, our bird, Danny, talks. Okay, he's an African gray. We've had him now for 34, 34 years? For 33 years. Okay, my wife tells me. Okay, he's 33 years old. Okay, Danny talks. He says, hello. He says, night-night. As a matter of fact, he knows what night-night is. A certain time at night, usually around 8, 30, 9 o'clock, it's time to go night-night, and he starts saying, night-night, 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 night-night. And he'll keep it up until we put a sheet over his cage for him to go night-night. He talks, but he doesn't talk to strangers. One night we had some guests over our house and we were, had dinner and we were playing some games and it was getting late. And we could see that Danny was getting a little bit upset. He was fidgeting back and forth like this. Not saying a word because there's strangers in the house. No sooner had, they, had we closed the front door from them leaving, he goes, night, 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 night. <laughs> so he has some intelligence. Okay. He knows what cookie means. He knows what, oh boy, means. That means food. Okay. 
he has temperament, okay? But he's not man. He's a bird. He's an animal, okay? Um, we have a dog, and uh, we've had the dog now for 13 years, I think. I did not want a dog, but um, Cheryl took me to various uh, dog pounds and kennels for several weeks looking at dogs, so I knew we were going to wind up getting one eventually. I was hoping, no, it wouldn't happen. But sure enough, one day I came home, and the minute I walked in the door, up popped this little fuzzy thing, you know, the cutest little thing you ever had, one of the easiest dogs I've ever had to train. He was, he was, he was housebroken within just a, a few days, and uh, uh, I don't know what life would be like without him. We come home, and no matter how long we've been gone, he's always there to greet us. He comes, and he wants to get up in our arms, and we've got to pet him. Uh, I, I always pet him, then I go, open, go and open his, his door so he can go outside, and uh, I put him down, and he goes running to Cheryl, and she's got to pet him. Matter of fact, uh, we can't do anything when we get home. The bird says hello, and the dog says, pet me, pet me, pet me, pet me, and uh, uh, you know, then we go on. The tortoise is the only one that we don't have problems with, but he's intelligent too. He knows that uh, if he begs at our back slider enough times, we'll open it up and we'll give him something to eat. If we go outside, he will follow us around. He's so big now, I wish I could bring him to church and let you see him, but I can't get him in the back of my car. He probably weighs over 100 pounds now. He's, he's huge. But if I need to move him from one part of the yard to the other, I just go get a carrot and I say, Alex, hello, come on. Come on, come on, Alex. And he comes. He comes running as fast as his little legs will carry him. And he'll follow me all the way around the yard. When we're out trimming the trees and, and getting things, and he gets some fruit. When we throw the fruit down there, he has to get right in there with us. Sometimes he almost pushes me over on the ladder, but he's got to follow us around. So he has a, a, a little bit of intelligence, but he's not human. Only you and I are human. God created us to fellowship with him. So he created Adam. And then he created Eve. And by the way, those that think that there's more than two different genders, you need to read the Bible because the Bible says he created man and woman. And that's all he created, man and woman, male and female. He created Eve. And they were perfect. It was a perfect situation. You can read it. They, they were perfect. They were put in a garden. And they, all they had to do was take care of that garden. They were gardeners. That's all they had to do. And they could eat of all the fruit in that garden. God took care of them. But something happened. There was a serpent in that garden. And that serpent beguiled Eve. Questioned God's word. And she listened and she took of the fruit that God said they weren't supposed to take and she ate of it. And then she gave it to her husband and he ate of it and their eyes were opened and they realized that they no longer had the fellowship with their creator and they had sinned. And the Bible tells us as by one man sin entered the world so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Because of Adam and Eve we all die. We all are born into sin. And there's a price for sin. And so they were thrown out of the garden. And they now have to till the ground. 
And they have to live with the idea that they, they've, they've sinned against God. He told them what they needed to do. He instructed them on the sacrifice that needed to be made for an atonement for sin. And he told them to go and to, 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 to increase, to multiply, and they did. And as time went on, we see people began to populate the earth. But something, something happened. And what happened is sin began to take hold. As man began to go, he wanted to do his own thing. We saw it with Cain and Abel. We saw one came and they brought an offering to God just the way God told him to do it. The other one brought one from his own hands, what he was able to do. God rejected his. They had an argument out in the field. They weren't little boys. They were probably right around 100 years old at this particular time. Uh, they got in an argument. Cain rose up, got lost his temper, and killed his brother. First murder recorded, and it was over religion. And we see the progression as you read through the chapter. And this all happened up until the fifth and sixth chapter of Genesis. And we see the progression. Man began to be so wicked and so vile that God said, I need to destroy them. But Noah was a man that was different. Noah, in chapter number 6, verse number 8, it says this, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. As God looked down, matter in fact, if you'll read it, it says, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Not a lot has changed in 4,000 years because we're beginning to see that here too, that almost everything that man does is continually evil. God says, I'm, I'm going to destroy this, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What is grace? Unmerited favor, something that's not deserved. What else happened to Noah? Well, Noah also, when we read on down, it says here that he was a just man. Okay? In, in verse number 9, it says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. In other words, he did, think, he did right. Okay? He did things that were right. He wasn't perfect, but he was just man. And he was perfect in his generation. Noah probably knew most of his ancestors. We know of probably at least four that he never met. But other than that, he could have met almost all of his ancestors. That's how long they lived. Uh, check it out sometimes. It's, it's amazing. But in his generation, it says that he found grace of the Lord because he, he was just, he was mature, that's what the perfect means, and he walked with God. That couldn't be said for the rest of his generation. We don't know how many people were there, but it, it could have been millions but they had all gone down the wrong path. And Noah was the only one that was the spiritual man. 
He walked with God, verse number 9. It says that he walked with God. He walked with God. And so, God's going to bring judgment upon his creation because man has ruined it. They're evil continually, always. We can read in other passages of Scripture, it says that, uh, for instance, it says in 1 Peter, it tells us that, that they were dis- disobedient from God. We also see in, in, in 2 Peter, he said uh, uh, that they were ungodly. Okay? We also see that uh, uh, because of that, he was a preacher of righteousness. So he's going to judge the earth. We know it as Noah's flood. He says, I'm going to bring a flood upon the earth. That's how I'm going to destroy the earth. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So what happened? Noah's the one man. It says here that he was a preacher of righteousness. Okay? And so he's told to Noah... He says, I want you to make an ark, verse number 14. He says, make an ark of gopher wood. Now, our scripture says that he had not seen that. There's a couple things that he had not seen. Though he was 500 years old, he didn't know what an ark was. Okay? Because they didn't have a need for an ark. They may have had little little tiny boats, you know, to, to go out fishing and everything, but they didn't know what an ark was. Okay? So that's one thing he didn't know. The other thing he didn't know, he didn't know what a flood was, what rain was, because it hadn't rained up until then. Okay? And so he says, I want you to build an ark. And he gives him the dimensions. Okay? And uh, we can see what the dimensions are. He says, uh, this is how you're going to make it. Verse number 15. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, and the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height thereof 30 cubits. Let's see if I've got a picture here. There, there, there we go. Okay, so if we put it in our terms today, it's going to build this boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Now that's based upon what a cubit would be. And a cubit in biblical times was usually the distance of a normal sized male from the elbow to the tip of his finger, okay? And that average length is approximately 18 inches. Now, if we had rulers out here, we'd get all the males to stand up and we would measure your distance from here to here. And most of us would be right in that category. We'd be, you know, maybe a little bit shorter in one, some a little bit longer, but the average would be about 18 inches. And so 18 inches makes it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. He goes on, he says, uh, 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 A window shalt thou make in the ark, a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and a door in the ark shalt thou set on the side thereof. With lower, second, and third stories thou shalt make it. So he says, I want you to build this boat, this ark, because I'm going to destroy the earth because it's my judgment upon the wickedness of mankind. And so I, but, but again, it says that he was a preacher of righteousness. So this is what I can imagine. At about age, probably about age 480, 
because there's 120 years that God has given man to repent. He always does that. Uh, I'm gonna, you're going to build this ark. And so Noah goes out and he starts failing the trees. He starts cutting down the trees. Okay? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to cut down the trees and I'm going to start to work uh, building whatever this thing is. And God gives him the wisdom to build the boat. So <clears throat> he gets himself a saw. Now imagine it wasn't like this saw, okay? But I, I don't have one like he had. But I imagine he would go out and he'd start sawing the wood. So I'm going to saw some wood here. And he's working hard. Oh boy, he's working hard. And he's wondering, well, what am I going to do with this? I don't know exactly, but God has given me the blueprints. And so I'm going to do it. Scripture says that he did what God told him to do. So he's cutting this wood. And some people come up. Hey, old man Noah, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm building an ark. You want to help? I've got the blueprints. It's going to be big. You want to help? And they say, well, why are you building? What, 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 what's an ark? Why are you building an ark? And he says, well, listen, uh, as he's cutting away, he says, well, God's going to be judging you and me. God's judgment is coming. It's going to come. And the ark is the only way that we're going to be able to be saved from the judgment of God Almighty. Help me build the ark and come with me. Help me build the ark for God and come with me. Oh, you're nuts. What's rain? We never seen rain. We don't know what a flood is and an ark. Who wants to build a big old huge thing that you're talking about out here in the wilderness? You need to build something more practical than that. You're just a screwball. We're going to go in town and we're going to have fun. We're going to go through a party. Why don't you come with us? Noah says, nope, I can't do that. I've got to saw this wood here. I've got to build this ark. Little boy comes up and says, Oh, man, Noah, my folks says you're kind of nuts. What, are, what, what you building? What you building, old man Noah? Noah stops and he puts his saw down and says, Well, listen, I'm going to build an ark. It's going to be 450 feet long. It's going to be 75 feet wide and it's going to be 45 feet high. And it's going to have three stories inside of it and cages and stalls for animals. And it's going to be big because God's judgment is going to fall. And if you're not in the ark with us, you're going to die. Oh. Well, how's that going to happen? God's going to make it rain. And there's going to be a flood. What's rain? We've never heard that. Oh, no, you are nuts. No, we've got other things to do. We can't be bothered. And they leave. 500 years old. He has three sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth, verse number 10. Earth was getting more corrupt in verse number 11. And the earth was filled with violence. More violence and more violence. And Noah keeps building. His boys finally get old enough that they can start working and helping him build the ark. There are people that probably needed to help I'm passing up some of these things here so we probably got some folks to help him because 
That's a big boat. And he has to do it all by hand. He didn't have any power tools. He didn't, didn't have a Home Depot that he can go down and, and, and rent, uh, you know, some saws and some drills and some stuff. And so uh, he needed some help. And so he got out, sawing wood, got his hammer out. Now, he had different kind of nails, but he got his hammer out. And, and he's hammering his nails in. Got to, his boys come up. Dad, well, why are we building this? And he says, well, son, this world is corrupt. It's full of violence. They've turned their backs on God. They haven't repented. He's going to send a rain. He's going to send a flood. And it's his judgment upon wickedness. And only those that are in the ark can be saved. And we're building that ark. Wow. Let us help, Dad. And so they help. And back to sawing. Here we go. Sawing. We're sawing. Another crowd comes. Hey, Noah, you've been working on that thing for over 20 years, 30 years now. It's, it's coming along, but boy, you got a long ways to go. You sure that's what God wants you to do? I've never seen an ark. I don't really know what it is, but I've got the dimensions here. It's going to be 300, uh, it's going to be 450 feet long, and it's going to be 75 feet wide, and it's going to be 45 feet high, and there's going to be room in there for animals and for people. And, and when the rains come and the flood come, those that are in the ark, they'll be safe. Oh, Noah, come on, not that rain stuff again. Not that flood again. Oh, you're, you're nuts. You're wasting your life. You could be out, you could be building houses. You could be building um, sheds for the animals. Uh, you could be building uh, uh, stores fronts. You could be doing all sorts of things. But why are you spending your time building this stupid thing called an ark? You're a crazy man. They leave. The Bible tells us in chapter number 7, verses number 1, it says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. So what has happened in chapter number 6 is, he finishes the ark. It took him a hundred years. He said, boy, that's an awful long time for being in a building program. Well, if you had the tools that he had, it would probably take you that long to build it too. Can you imagine being in a building program? Can you imagine a church being in a building program for a hundred years? It comes down to the very last time. God has told Noah to go out. And he says, I'm going to bring the animals to you. I'm going to bring the different kind of animals. I want you to be male and female of all the animals. It says of the, uh, of the, uh, of the, of the ones that are clean animals, get seven Seven pairs, all the rest of them, just male and female. I'll send them to you. They're coming. They're being loaded in the ark. He's finishing up the last few things. He's got just a few more pieces of wood to cut. Probably on the top part, getting the windows, getting everything ready to go. 
and he's sawing away, and he's sawing away. He's kind of hurried because God says, it's going to come. It's going to come. You only have a few days left. The people gather around to see that the ark is almost finished. They're laughing, probably having a picnic. They say, oh man, Noah, Noah, you've been after this for over a hundred years. What are you going to do with it now? Sitting out here in the middle of nowhere, and there's no water here. What's going to happen? Noah drops what he's doing, and he says, please, listen. God's the one that told me to do this. I didn't understand it, but God's the one that told me to do this. Judgment is coming because of your wickedness. Repent. Turn from your wickedness and come to the ark because God's going to bring judgment upon this world. And if you're not in the ark, you will die. Come, please come into the ark. In verse number one of the seventh chapter, God tells Noah, take your sons, take your daughter-in-laws, take your wife. The animals are here. You've filled it full of the food that's necessary to take to sustain you. Get in your ark. And the Bible tells us that Noah and his family went into the ark and God shut the ark closed. Man didn't shut it. God shut it. And they waited. And they waited. For seven days they waited and nothing happened. I would imagine that the crowd was out there. Oh, look at old man Noah. What a crazy old coot. Wasted all that time and energy and all that resources uh, to build this, this monstrosity and nothing's happened. Everything's going just like it's always been. Let's go have a party. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, hey, what's that? Splat. Splat. What, what, what's going on here? What's happening? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the sky opens up and water starts coming down. All of a sudden, the fountains of the deep crack open and water begins to seep up and it begins to rain. And the Bible says that it rained and it began to rain and it began to rain and it rained and it rained for 40 days and for 40 nights and the fountain of the deep was broken up. The windows of heaven were open and water came down and water began to fill and it began to rise and it wasn't long before there was enough water to lift that gigantic ark up from its sta stations where it was and it began to float and people began to rush and they began knocking on the ark. Let us in, let us in. Hey, it's raining out here. Our houses are being flooded. Our animals are being killed. Let us in, let us in. But it was too late. It was too late. God had already sealed the ark. And the only place that was salvation is what was inside that ark. And everything that was outside perished because of God's judgment. He was in that ark for a year and ten days until it was all over. And only Noah and his wife and his three sons and their three wives and the animals that they stored were the only ones that survived. It's recorded right here in the Word of God. God's judgment. We see man's sin because of Adam and Eve. And the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's you and me. There's not a one of us here in this auditorium. Not a one of us on the web that may be watching this. Not a one alive on this earth right now that has not sinned. And the price for sin is death. And God's judgment is coming to this earth. 
And God has provided an ark, a protection, a way to save life. And back in this day, it was Noah. And because Noah walked with God, his, he and his family was safe in the ark. If you would read in the Bible, in Luke the 17th chapter, it's also in Matthew, but in Luke the 17th chapter, it says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. And my friends, that day is coming again. Now, he said, he promised Noah. When he, when he came out, he promised Noah. And he said, uh, I, I have a rainbow here. And the rainbow is to remind you that I will never again destroy the earth with a flood. But judgment is coming. And if you're not in the ark, you will be judged. And you will be destroyed. The people in the Noah's age, when the flood came and it finally got so high, it says it got uh, 16 cubits above the highest mountain in that time. Now the mountain ranges weren't the same as they are today, but the earth, you know, it broke up. It, now, this is just mine. I'll, I'll step over here. This isn't biblical. This is just my idea. I think we have the continents today were not that, the same continents in the days of Noah. And I think the breaking up caused those continents to stretch out like they are today. And some of those mountains to rise up because of that. But the flood, every man, woman, and child that wasn't in the ark died. And that year. And my friends, judgment is coming. And if you're not in the ark, you will be judged and you will spend eternity away from God in hell. With that thought in mind, and we'll close with this thought. Our unsaved loved ones, they're like these people in Noah's time. They're on the outside. They're on the outside. Sometimes they call us foolish. They call us nuts. But we're not. We've, we've, we've seen the ark built. We've been part of building the ark. And we're in the ark. We've got forgiveness through Jesus Christ and his blood. We've got forgiveness. And when that judgment day comes, we shall be saved from that judgment but the lost will not. So if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I don't care if you're a good member. I don't care if you read your Bible. I don't care if you give. I don't care if you try to do good, but if you've not trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you're outside of the ark and judgment will fall. And as believers, my friend, we have folks We've got friends. We've got loved ones. We have lost people all around us that are outside of the ark. But judgment is coming. Won't you please turn from your wickedness? Won't you please come into the ark before judgment falls? Won't you please live for God before judgment calls? What are you doing 